Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hey, it's Matt here. Guess what's happening on this week's binge list? When it stopped at the end, I felt dirty. <laughs> Honestly, yes! you know when you just you feel oh, like oh this God, yes. film of emotional filth that sort of settled yeah. on you? At the same time as I was repulsed by it, I, I found myself thinking, oh my gosh, this is great TV, this is so funny. Can we just stop saying Dr. Pimple Popper? I'm sorry, <laughs> but like, no. But going back to uh, Ryan Kaur's bum, <laughs> I've got to say that this is probably not one of the most flattering presentation of butter in the history of cinema. Gavin, do you have a list of well, the best bum presentations in, in TV history? So they might have a pagan orgy or something? Maybe. Yeah, That'd yeah. be quite fun. Fingers yeah. crossed. Get your hankies ready. It's always a tearjerker. The show is all about shade, really. It isn't is. It? The I shadiest mean, yeah. of the shade. It is. Shade, shade, shade. Dr. People Papa, Dr. People Papa, Dr. People Papa. Welcome to Who Magazine's Binge List Podcast, your weekly guide to the best of TV. I'm your host, Matthew Denby, and joining me are TV gurus Gavin Scott and Claire Rigdon. Welcome, guys. Hello. Thanks. Hi. Well, the year is almost over, and this week we're going to do something special. This is our What to Watch Over Summer special. Hooray! Starting off, Stan has got a big new Aussie drama, Bloom, which is available to stream from January 1st. The six-parter stars Jackie Weaver, Brian Brown, Phoebe Tonkin, and Ryan Kaur, and deals with the very strange aftermath of a fatal flood in a small country town. What did you think of it, Gavin? Well, before I get into what I think about it, um, Matt, you and I were very lucky to go along to a big big special screening of the first episode of Bloom, weren't we? Yes, we did, yes. With a star-studded screening, Brian Brown was there, Phoebe Tonkin was there, Ryan Kaur was there, Jackie Weaver wasn't there because she's so goddamn busy Yeah, um, (laughs) and and so in demand. And it's always strange watching something in a room with the people who have made it and who have starred in it. Yeah, that's so weird, isn't it? It is, because you you you, you don't want to laugh in the wrong place or you know, not off or anything like that. But um, I, d- I definitely didn't not off. Um, this is an intriguing little show. I got into trouble for, for saying interesting a lot in this podcast. I, th- I think apparently we all say interesting a lot. Sometimes. Yeah, I do too, yeah. So I'm not going to say this is interesting. That The pe- people listening know who I'm talking about. Um, so I'm going to say this is intriguing <laughs> instead of interesting. Um, th- it kind of starts off with two storylines, one surrounding Brian Brown and Jackie Weaver's characters. She's a, a former star. That There's a shot of a Logie that she won, uh, but she's lost her memory. She's got dementia or, or Alzheimer, early onset Alzheimer's, I think. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and so Brian's kind of looking after her and in, in and out of hospital with her and, and she, she kind of takes off from the hospital one day and it, it's that kind of, you know, 
you want to have her at home to look after her there, but you you know he really can't look after her. Yeah. So there's a storyline about the two of them, and then there's Ryan Cor running around town, this town that was uh, afflicted by a flood, and it, it's I think it's a year after the flood. Yeah. Ryan Cor running around town with no clothes on, mm. doing oh, a there big, for it. big nudie run down the town centre, and you're kind of thinking, well, how are these two storylines linked? Uh, how is this, you know, this sweet story about th- this old couple uh, and this guy running around town, breaking into places, having sex with people? Um, how are they linked? And it does become apparent how it's linked. And it, it, it's kind of a little bit of a magical vibe to it, wouldn't you say, Matt? Yes, yes, indeed. Yes, we've got a bit of magic emerging in the town after this horrible tragedy. The show actually opens before all of this with um, a flashback to about a year ago when this horrendous flood happens, which was actually um, inspired by the Queensland floods from a few years ago, which uh, resulted in a lot of tragedy and death. And we learn that a couple of the people in town have died or apparently died as a result of this flood. We flash forward and we've got the aftermath with the stories that um, Gavin, you just mentioned. Now, something very strange has happened in in, uh, the aftermath of the flood. Some unusual plants have developed and the properties of these plants um, have some quite magical effects on some of the people, some rejuvenating effects, you might say, and it creates um, some huge changes in their lives. I really, really enjoyed this. I wasn't expecting to enjoy this. I thought it sounded a bit flaky when I read uh, the premise of the show, but I was sitting there watching the whole thing without looking at my phone even once. Now, I actually thought that you're not looking at your phone, you're not bored, you're not twitching, you're not looking around. This has got you gripped. This was a really good, good, good debut episode and I'm quite impressed I've got to say. Yeah right well I'm not sure where it's headed. I I was interested but I got to the end of episode one and that's all we've seen and I was kind of like so where is this story going? I mean obviously I know the plant, the effect it has. I know know where that's headed because we can see the effects that it's had but I'm not sure where the the different storylines of the people in the town are headed and I guess guess that will keep me watching to find out um, what's going on. It reminded me a little bit of that French series uh, Les Revenants or The Returned where the people who were presumed dead come back from come back to town from the dead and there's this little town and um, all sorts of weird magical stuff going on there and it was remade. Has it got a bit of a glitch vibe to it because I obviously haven't seen it but it's sounding a little bit like the premise, the glitch, that ABC Netflix series. Well, yeah, glitch was quite similar to the Returned, and there was a US remake of the Returned as well. Um, so it's not so much people coming back from the dead, but it's more just that something weird is going on in this town. And um, I, I guess are you mo- are you going to be more interested in in the weird and magical happenings, or are you going to be more interested in the personal storylines in this? And there's a bit of both, isn't there, Matt? There is. Yes, there's some sort of tangled love relationships put in place in the first episode, and they will be impacted quite heavily by the crazy happenings that are about to erupt you've also got some great characterizations you know there are some really big names in this like brian brown and jackie weaver but my favorite person in this by far was are you going to guess gavin Ryan calls naked. No, no, no. <laughs> it was Anne Charleston, formerly oh, known yes. as Madge. Oh, she is great in this. And I kept thinking, where have you been, Anne? Because I love I you in this. You're died. so good. No, she's Terrible. not dead. She's very much alive and she's fantastic oh, in this. But going back to uh, Ryan Corr's bum, I've got to <laughs> say that this is probably not one of the most flattering presentation of buttocks in the history of cinema. 
I think that there are some moments in this where you're sort of thinking perhaps he could be wearing some pants. I think, you know, probably anyone running full board down a main street, your, your bum's not going to look its best. But, yeah, that, oh, that's, no. that was my lingering feeling about Gavin, that nudity. Do, Gavin, do you have a list of well, the best bum presentations in, in, in TV history? Um, I think. Gosh, well, I, I guess I'll, maybe I shouldn't mention him, but I, I remember Henry Ramsey on Neighbours did a bit of a nudie run. <laughs> but uh, I remember that too, yeah. Speaking of the, the oh Anne Charleston God. link, I think he was maybe going from Madge's house, Mum Madge's house. Henry I just remember the mullet. So no, I don't have a list of the uh, yeah best bums in TV history, but uh, we, we did dissect Ryan Core's nudie run on the night, Matt and I were like, oh, what, you know, <laughs> was it really flattering? And, and I was saying, oh, maybe it was because it was a little bit in slow motion, and so it was, anyway. But, uh, but Claire, does this sound like something you're going to watch when on January 1 when it drops? Um, well, slow motion bums is right up my alley. So, <laughs> <laughs> and so is Ryan Core. So you, you know what? Um, it sounds really intriguing. So yes, I will. Are you guys both made it sound really interesting? And I mean, that aside, uh, you can't go past Jackie Weaver and Brian Brown. They're just so great in everything. I can't I honestly can't think of anything that they've done in the last 10 or so years that hasn't been fantastic. I was I surprised. Sorry, I was surprised they haven't worked together before because Brian said that on the night. That yeah, he did. He was asked about working with her, and he said that they only worked together for two weeks. So it's oh, obviously wow. a very fleeting um, professional connection there. But she wow, is very, very present, at least in the first episode. I'm not sure how often she's going to be seen um, as the series progresses. I'm assuming it will probably end up with her, but I'm not sure about the middle. So good. She's one of my favourite all-time Australian actors. I'm yeah. so pleased she's doing so well in the States. Yeah, it's definitely worth checking out. Don't be put off by uh, the, the flakiness of the premise. It is very, very good TV. I enjoyed it. I'm not sure how it's going to progress as a series, but I can say having seen the first episode that I was impressed. So do check out Bloom. It's available on stand from January 1st. You're listening to the one and only Binge Binge List. List. <laughs> Christmas traditionally means presents under the tree, eating too much, arguments with relatives, and, of course, drag pageants. Well, it does now. <laughs> yes, RuPaul is back with his Holla Slay special on December 8, and season four of RuPaul's Drag Race All-Stars on December 15, both on Stan. This franchise has fast become an obsession for a lot of people. In fact, it's event television in certain places, and not just the places you'd expect. Are you excited, Claire? Am I what? Anyone who's not excited about this holiday special can sashay away because, <laughs> oh, my God, I'm so excited about it. It actually makes me wonder why they haven't ever done a Christmas special before because it just, it lends, this show lends itself spectacularly to doing some seriously camp, gloriously sequined Christmas spectaculars, really. So, yeah, this, um, this one-off seasonally themed episode is going to pit former contestants Eureka O'Hara and Jasmine Masters and Kim Chi and Latrice Royale. My favourite. Oh, she's unreal. Mayhem Miller, Sonique and All Stars 3 champion Trixie Mattel, who I love. And Shangela. Um, oh, and, and yeah, yes, yes, yes. A star is born star, Shangela, against each other for the title of America's First Drag race Christmas queen. So, yeah, it's going to be, like, structured a little bit similar to your regular drag race, except this time they'll be doing numbers choreographed by Todrick Hall 
Um, yeah, and they'll be lip syncing to original Christmas music from RuPaul's holiday albums, which I've never actually heard. Have you got? Are you guys into them? Uh, I don't have any of his holiday albums, no, but I did used to dance around to Supermodel a fair bit. <laughs> yeah, back yeah. In the day. So apparently there's one called um, Sleigh Bells, which right. is hilarious from 2015. Of course. And an upcoming, upcoming Christmas album, which will be released soon. But yeah, so um, Michelle Visage and Ross Matthews are, are coming back as judges. Um, yeah, so I'm really excited. And I'm also excited about All Stars. I mean, it's just so funny that this show is 10 years old. Like, it's just so weird to think. And um, it's had 10 seasons or whatever, and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger. Like, he, they won a swag of Emmys this year. And yeah, I feel like it's finally getting the recognition it deserves. We, are you guys into it? I'm not. Surely you are. I'm. I'm not a regular viewer. I um. I, I see bits of it here and there. I don't think I've ever sat down and watched a full episode. But it does um, fall into the category of reality shows that I like to watch, and and they are either um things like Survivor or Amazing Race, or things like Project Runway and Top Chef, where you're um, you know, where you're. It's a skill. It's not just watching people sitting around, it's examining a skill. And these are, you know, are highly skilled people, most of them. Some of the contestants aren't that great, but um, they're they're highly skilled at what they do. And they're the types of reality shows I like where, yeah, it's showing off a skill. And there probably is a little bit of Survivor in there with with Drag Race. Oh, totally. Because they they do get kind of personal and and kind of bitchy at times. Um, But, yeah, I I like that this has become such a massive cultural phenomenon and, and as you said, won Emmys this year. It's, you know, grown from such, you know, this tiny little niche show in season one. And, Matt, you watched season one again recently, didn't you? Oh, my God. If you've never seen season one, check it out because it's hilarious, as in hilariously bad. Like, it's obviously put together on the the smell of an oily rag. It looks like it's literally been filmed in someone's garage. And I think... I think in yeah. some sequences it really has been. The the filters oh, are unbelievably it. bad, like shot through mm-hmm. like a Vaseline lens. Uh, but some <laughs> of the talent does shine through. And then you make the jump to season two and you see that the budget's just gone through the yeah. roof because mm. obviously they made a lot of money from the first season. They had a bit of ad revenue or whatever. And um, it's and from nev- Anastasia Cosmetics or whatever. Yeah. Hey, can I? Did you guys think that watching? Do you guys think watching RuPaul's Drag Race is more fun um, since Pose and and since revisiting Paris is Burning, that documentary, because I feel like those two things recently, I really, you know, like Paris is Burning, Matt, you totally introduced me to that. I had no idea about it before. And now RuPaul's Drag Race just makes so much more sense, knowing the origins. I'm glad that you've got that context. No, I mean, I those, those um, like uh, Paris is Burning is something from the, that I saw back in the 80s. So it's like it's always been with me. But, yeah, it is great to have that context. And, I, you know, I'm a bit of a latecomer to RuPaul's Drag Race. I've only really been into it for Are a you? couple of years because um, I, I just wasn't into it that much to begin with. I think maybe I was a bit dragged out at that stage. But um, <laughs> I, I was actually over in L.A. a few years ago and – it was just funny to see how West Hollywood would literally stop when RuPaul's Drag Race was going out, going out live <laughs> on TV. Like people, really? everyone would stop in all the bars and just watch RuPaul's Drag Race. Like everyone oh, crowding awesome. around. It was crazy. And, uh, you know, since then I got into it and it's now become event TV in our household. We watch it. We love it. We're obsessed with it. It's so much fun. Yeah, and it's great it to see that it's gone really mainstream. I'm really excited that Latrice is getting another go in All Stars, yet another go. But I do <laughs> 
think that she deserves to win because she's certainly a fan favourite. I think she's fantastic. I think the whole show is really good entertainment, really good TV. Um, I think you've got the combination of talent and genuine entertainment from the performances, plus you've got all the reality TV silliness of the And season. the costumes. Yeah, the reality TV contrivances of drama and stuff, which are all fun in context, but you've got the quality entertainment as well to go along with it. So, Gavin, are you going to watch this season? I might try watching this well, the yeah, All-Star Season 4. I, I might try watching this from the beginning and actually see a whole season because I have really dipped in and out and been walking in and out of the room as my partner's been watching it. Uh, and I have seen I've seen a lot of lip syncs for your life because I tend to come in at the end of the episode. Yes. And, and um, that, that's always quite fun, especially when, bit, when, when, when they do the death drop. Yes. Um, so, so, yeah, maybe I will watch it from the start this time. The thing that has always appealed to me about uh, Drag Race is Michelle Visage because oh. I was oh, yeah. a big fan of... Of She's seduction, are you for real? You were their fan. I was their fan. Seduction, the, the, the girl group. Um, they're actually quite big in America. They they had a couple of well, they had at least one top five hit. And she oh, was on the Bodyguard yeah, soundtrack as well, wasn't she? She was. Yeah. She was on on Lovely Day. It, it's going to be a lovely day. Um, yeah. So I was I was a big fan of her pre drag race pop career. Uh, <laughs> career in inverted commas. Look. Uh. I, I, I She's challenge so cool, you to though. listen to the Seduction album, Nothing Matters Without Love, and, and tell me it's not great. Uh, but, yes, <laughs> I, I will try watching All Star Season 4 and, and I'll get back to you about how I enjoyed it. Yeah, we've got a bit of controversy this season because one of the contestants in All Stars is Gia Gunn, who has been in the show before, of course, but since then she's uh, transitioned to a woman. She's now a a woman. And this is controversial only because RuPaul gave an interview Mm. in um, a newspaper a while ago saying that he didn't think that he'd cast any transgender people in RuPaul's Drag Race because he sort of had this view of drag that it was about gender illusion and he felt that if you were transgender, it's kind of cheating. A lot of people were very offended by that because Mm. you know there are blurred lines here i mean there have always been a lot of transgender people heavily involved in drag so to sort of suggest that they haven't been is a bit silly but it seems that rupaul's had a change of heart and g is in it now she's recently said some stuff in some interviews that have been construed as um, throwing a bit of shade at rupaul so that implies that maybe the two of them don't really get on in this season so we're all gonna have our eyes on that Mm. yeah so there's a lot going on the show is all about shade really it is the shadiest of the shade it is Shade, shade, shade. So shade. Claire, we'll- I, I'm, obsessed, I'm obsessed with Big and Milky, who's not everybody's favourite. I follow him on Instagram. I actually have a legit crush on him. He's so he's so beautiful. Oh, anyway. Milk. Just, milk. Yeah, he's yes. done some legitimate modelling as well. He's been in various yeah, fashion Yeah, he's amazing. And, and he's a ballet dancer. He's, yeah. He's amazing. I'm, I'm obsessed. Big right. and milky, everyone. Get amongst it. Yep. So RuPaul's Drag Race Holla Slay special airs on December 8, and All Stars Season 4 begins on December 15. Both are on stand, so check them out. Just when you thought there were too many TV platforms to keep up with, there's another one now, with 10 All Access up and running just in time for the holiday season. This is all thanks to 10's new owners, American Network CBS, which means we've now got access to a lot of great new content from their roster. Now, we've had a very brief look at some of the dramas and some of the other content, and some of it looks really intriguing. Doesn't it, Gavin? It does, it does. And now 10 All Access debuted yesterday uh, from when this podcast goes out. So Tuesday, December 4, it, it uh, debuted. And it, the price point is nine ninety nine a month and you get a month 
free, just like all the other uh, streaming services. So it's yeah, it's it's on a par with Stan and, and Netflix and, and Amazon for price. And the original content they've got uh, that Matt was talking about, there's three shows that haven't yet. Uh, aired in Australia at all. One is called Strange Angel and it's about a rocket engineer called Jack Parsons who is involved with uh, Alistair Crowley and L. Ron Hubbard. Yeah. I was reading up on the story. It's quite an interesting story. Uh, But yeah, so that's kind of a a bit of a... Interesting premise, I guess, because you've got this guy being involved with, you know, rockets and, and NASA, NASA developing and, and America's space race and all that kind of thing. And then you've got the weirdness of Alistair Crowley and L. Ron Hubbard thrown in. So I think that's going to be an Weird. interesting one to watch. Yeah, it's a strange combination of interests, like the rationality of science and then the interest in the occult and the, mm. sort of the weirdness. And I've, I've heard a bit about this guy before. He's not an obscure figure. He's someone who I've seen talked about in documentaries and so on and so forth kind of fascinating but kind of weird and a bit disturbing as well so yeah i'm really intrigued by the uh, the trailer that i saw for this yeah and that's got bella heathcote uh australian actress bella heathcote is starring in that as well uh and then the other one that i'm interested in is tell me a story which takes things like the three little pigs and little red riding hood and other fairy tales like that and basically turns it into a thriller uh you know with murder and and bank heists and yeah. all this kind of stuff. Pig masks. Yeah, yeah. So it <laughs> kind of feels like kind of what they did with Grimm, where Grimm, the TV series, did a kind of supernatural Wasn't version. Wasn't a fan of that. Of the, uh, this is more like an action thriller version of the fairy tales. And it's got Kim Cattrall in it. Yeah. And Paul Wesley from The Vampire Diaries. So. Now, yeah, I thought the trailer looked really stylishly done. Like there's this big reveal moment where you see Kim Cattrall hand this character who you assume is her daughter a, a red riding hood and this vibrant red thing as she hands it over. And they've got all these creepy scenes of like the robber guys wearing their rubber pig masks. There's nothing that freaks me out more than a pig mask. There's something really disturbing <laughs> and gross about that. So I thought it looked quite good, but then I popped on Rotten Tomatoes and I saw that the, the critical reception in America was quite divided. So I think oh, this no. one could go either way. Now, I haven't seen the whole thing, but I am kind of intrigued. Yeah, it's definitely intriguing. Now, there's a whole lot of other shows that haven't been seen in Australia yet that are coming. There's Happy Together, which is the new comedy starring Damon Wayans Jr. Uh, The Code, which is a military legal drama that Aussie actor Luke Mitchell is in. Luke Mitchell, formerly of Home and Away. Nina Dobrev, formerly of Vampire Diaries, is in a comedy called Fam. And The Neighbourhood is another sitcom starring Max Greenfield and Cedric the Entertainer about a white, oh fam- about a white family that moves into an African-American neighbourhood. Uh, so they're, they're all be- they'll all be coming to 10 All Access first. Some of them may end up on the normal channel and some may not, I guess. I guess it's a good way for them to test content out. You know, like if it's firing on All Access, does that mean that potentially it might get a berth on, on their mainstream network? Yeah, yeah, I think it does feel like that. that's what they're doing. They're going to test the water with some of these things which are maybe on the borderline of, you know, if they're going to be popular, if they're not, or they might there may be quite niche shows that there's not really room for. I mean, they do have three channels. So. Yeah, and there's another drama on there also called One Dollar, which is got, getting a lot of critical raves in America, I saw. It's a small-town drama about uh, the passage of a one-dollar bill that passes through multiple hands, and then you end up with this really grim scene in the trailer where they're looking at a forensic scene in there's blood absolutely everywhere and they're saying there's seven different kinds of blood here from seven different people and blah, blah, blah. 
It Ooh, looks quite interesting, awesome. but the, the critical response has been really positive. So that one's kind of got me a bit interested too. Yeah, right. Now, it's not just all new shows. There is going to be a lot of back catalogue on this service, including Neighbours. Now, I thought it might be the entire history of Neighbours. And, oh, amazing. Oh, it should be. Well, it's not yet. It's all the 2018 episodes, but I have a feeling they're going to go back and add subsequent years oh, in Oh, they there. should. I mean, that's the perfect kind of platform to put the really retro stuff on there, surely. Yeah. Oh, amazing, yeah. Yeah, I, I, the aim is, I was chatting to the publicist, and, and the aim is for to expand the library over time. And yeah, so I guess yeah. they've just put as much as they can for launch and then they'll they'll go from there. But the last three seasons of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette are going to be on there for anyone who's missed them. Claire, will, will you re-binge those, do you think? No way. <laughs> oh, God, no. I've still got PTSD from covering it for who <laughs> this year. <laughs> Even though my, you know, little Brookie, who's my niece, is on it. Um, I love her dearly, but no, I will not be revisiting that. But, um, I hey, real talk, will there be ads on this or does the subscription fee mean that there's none? Oh, I assume, like all of the other services, that it would mean that there's none. I, I guess we'll have to check yeah. it out when, when it launches. Um, I wonder how Foxtel can can get away with with not um, with, with with having adverts now that there's other services like this that are going ad free. Yeah, it's kind of an old format, isn't it? And I think it's yeah. probably not going to be still around in ten years' time. I think you know the yeah. streaming format is what everyone's really into, and it's certainly what I like watching. That's for sure. So this sounds really good. Uh, ten All Access is available now to Australian subscribers. Who magazine's binge list? Who doesn't love a dynastic drama? We all love to see rich people suffering, and that's definitely a big draw card with Showcase's new drama, Succession, which is available from December 6 on Foxtel. This is a big old family drama as a wealthy media dynasty tears itself apart, and is very obviously inspired by a couple of families you might possibly have heard of. One of them rhymes with bump, and the other is much closer to home. What did you think of Succession, Claire? This is really, really good. I mean, this kind of this kind of subject matter is just ripe for fantastic drama. I mean, it's been a very popular TV trope for years. I mean, Dynasty, hello. Um, but yeah, this one kind of looks at a at a a family in the states who are media barons, and their patriarch is played by a guy called Brian Cox. Um, who plays Logan Roy. He's sensational in this, by the way. Yeah. Um, and he he's a guy that, yeah, that he's kind of, it's very interesting the way that this begins in episode one because you might think that he's quite frail and um, but then by the end of the first episode you, you're left under no illusion that this guy is a towering presence in the family. He's awful and all his children are awful. They're all clamouring to get the upper hand because their father, something happens to their father and they're all lining themselves up to take over this huge company which has theme parks and uh, and uh, movie studios and newspapers. I mean, is this sounding familiar? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's really interesting, that old adage of it takes one generation to make it and the next to squander it. I think that's really ripe for TV drama. It'll be interested, interesting to see what direction this goes in. So this is very much a little bit like a white bread version of Empire, which is another great drama that sort of deals with this idea of passing the baton to the next generation. Um yeah, it's just been announced that season two is going to be has been greenlit and is in the process of being filmed. So I think that people are going to love this. It's it's there's some fantastic performances and Sarah Snook, um, who is an Australian actor, pops up in this and she's great. What did you think, Gab? 
Yeah, it's funny she mentioned Sarah Snook because she has obviously worn out every Australian drama there is. She's been in everything, run out of shows to be in, and so she's had to go over to America and start being in shows over there. Uh, <laughs> but she's great. She's the daughter of uh, of the patriarch, and there's a, she has a couple of brothers. One of them is played by Kieran Culkin, and they are all awful. Oh, oh, oh gross. Awful, awful, awful. so gross. But um, – but, you know, with some shows where it's all awful people, it's just like, oh, I don't want to watch this because I can't stand them. But this, I want to keep watching because they're so awful, but in a kind of funny way. There's this one scene where Kieran Culkin does something. All, all I'll say, because I don't want to spoil it, is the, the baseball scene. Yeah. Where, oh, yeah. where Kieran Culkin does something with this poor kid from a... I don't know if his parents work for the family or something. They're, they're working class people, basically. Yeah. Yeah. And he does something really awful at a baseball match that the family are at. And, you know, at the same time as I was repulsed by it, I, I found myself thinking, oh my gosh, this is great TV. This is so funny. It, it was a great way to show exactly how terrible these people are. Yeah. So it is one of these shows that even though you don't like any of the characters, you like the show and you like seeing what they're going to get up to and what they're going to do. And they're all sniping at each other and they're all out for each other's, you know, stab each other in the back, things like that. Um, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's from HBO, so it's good quality as well. It's not like some terrible soap. I mean, it sounds a bit, when we're talking about it, it sounds a bit soapy. Yeah, it sounds it like... Really it really does, sounds, doesn't it? sounds like, the way we're talking about it, it sounds quite camp. It's not camp. No, it's... Yeah. It, it's it's good quality gritty drama, um, but it's a lot of fun as well. And and yeah, Matt, you liked it too, didn't you? I did like it, but you know, this is this is my honest reaction. When it stopped at the end, I felt dirty. <laughs> Honestly, yes. you know, when you just you feel oh, like this oh God, yes. film of emotional filth that sort of settled yeah. on you because these people are unrelentingly awful people. They're revolting human beings. They're gross. Um, not played in sort of, you know, in a camp way. This isn't Alexis Carrington. This no. is like r- recognisable real-world evil and mm. the the grossness that comes from extreme wealth and corruption yeah. that comes from that. Um, yeah, I, I found it quite heavy in that sense, but I did enjoy watching it while it was on. I think that the portrayal of how money corrupts people and how it turned the family members against each other was very, very compelling. Mm. I thought the opening sequence was amazing. It starts with um, Logan Roy just sort of uh, in a disoriented way sort of rambling around his apartment and he ends up pissing on the carpet. Um, and you think, who is this sad old man? He's got dementia or something like that. And, and it gives you a false sense of security because as the show progresses, you see that despite his fragility, he's very, very together mentally and he is as sharp as a tack and he's surrounded by vipers and he's a viper himself. He can bite back. And we certainly see that play out right to the end, don't we? Yeah, he knows what he's doing. And, and I kind of think that it's karma because the kids are awful because he's been like that their entire life. Yeah. yeah, and so they are growing up, and and you know that's what they've learned. They've learned to be like him, and so when it does come and bite him in the ass, it's like, well, you've only got yourself to blame if your kids are like this. Uh, that, that I, you know, the character that I was obsessed with was um, his wife. So he's married to this woman who um, I don't know—is she Mexican or South American? Um, she's very mysterious in the first episode, but she's got this incredible presence on screen. I'm not sure who the actor is that plays her. But, um, yeah, she had me absolutely fascinated. I'm really interested to see 
what part she plays in the unfolding of this story. Well, the kids clearly don't trust her, do they? No, no. Yeah, because she's the third wife and it's it's not any of their mothers. No. And what's yeah. also interesting I found about this is that you, you'd expect at least one of these sons to be like kind of a gross alpha male, but they're not. They're all kind of like snivelling, ineffectual, mm. little weedy, wimpy <laughs> nasty little weasel characters rather than <laughs> yeah. big blustery buff heads. And Sarah Snook has married one. Yeah. Because her husband is exactly like her brothers yeah. in the sense that oh, he is, he's, he's a awful. wimp, he's terrible. And he's even more overtly evil actually, isn't he? Yeah. He's, yeah. he's played by uh, Matthew McFadden. Yeah. Uh, it's an interesting choice to have them all so equally vile. You'd think that, that you know, traditionally they might be tempted to make someone a bit more sympathetic, wouldn't you? Well, the cousin, the cousin who threw up at the theme park. But he's, yeah, but he's just, he's I mean, gross too. He's gross as well. He's not overtly evil, but he's an ineffectual little slug. Yeah, but he might be yeah. the salvation. <laughs> he might be the he might be the nice one. But anyway, we'll we'll see. We'll have to watch some more episodes and I see. I did read online that this was a comedy drama, which I thought was interesting. It's I'm a like, very black comedy if it's comedy. It's extremely black if it is being pitched that way. I don't remember any laugh out loud moments. Did either of you laugh? There were a few bits in the in the hospital that I was like, oh, my God. And also the bit at the beginning where he vomits through the eyes of the character scene. Oh, he's yes, playing like yes, this. Like, yes, yeah, it's kind yes. of perversely awful. I was that gasping. That won't make any sense unless you've seen this first episode. So it's worth watching for that scene alone. <laughs> yep. So Succession, very interesting show. If you're intrigued, do check it out. It's available on Foxtel Showcase from December 6th. <laughs> it's Santa here. Are you ready for Christmas? I sure am. And there are plenty of other odds and ends worth watching over the break uh, this season, aren't there, Gavin? Oh, there's a heap of things coming out until we're going to be back on air next year. And so I've gathered a little list because I love a list. You do. Um, Of of shows that are coming out in December and early January. And so there are some returning shows. The Marvelous Mrs. Maisel is back for season two. And we're actually going to talk about that in more detail next week in our best of 2018 wrap up. So, uh, yeah, spoiler alert. That's one of the shows. Uh, Vikings is back for season 5B, the second half of season five from December 6th on SBS. True Detective Season 3 is back on Fox Yay. Showcase January 14 and Fuller House Season 4. I didn't even know it was up to Season 4. Uh, December 14 on Netflix. Claire, which of those are you most excited about? True Detective? True Detective, definitely. Although I hope it is as good as Season 1 and not as crap as Season 2. Um, Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. This is one... Um, if you've listened in previous weeks, you'll know that I watched the entire season on a recent return flight from Perth. And actually, interestingly, I listened to a podcast that Miss Warhurst does, and she said that she did the exact same thing. So, um, yeah, no, it's um, if you've got any long haul flights coming up, uh, bone up on season one before season two drops on December 5. Um, but yeah, True Detective and Mrs. Maisel um, is, and Vikings as well. I love Vikings. So, yeah, I'm really, there's some such good stuff coming out. It's so Good. Everything but Fuller House, then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a fan of Fuller House. Yeah, I, I had a look at the True Detective uh, trailer, and it does look like they're going back to more of the season one style. Looks so good. Yeah, I love yeah. that southern noir sort of um, genre that's popped up in recent years. I just can't get enough of it. So good. So, yeah, we'll probably try and talk about that in more detail in January. 
Two things we would love to be talking about are Dumplin', which is the Jennifer Aniston Netflix film about beauty pageant, uh, a beauty Squeal. pageant mum and her daughter, and Tidelands on December 14 on Netflix, which is Netflix's Australian drama. We can't talk about either of them because they're both embargoed until the day of release. We cannot oh. review them. Which, Boo. It's, it's ridiculous, So right? frustrating. So because, frustrating. Because it ends up being that like we get to see these awesome things ahead of time. And we literally can't talk about them to anybody. It's so hard. So it, it, it hurry up hard. and put them out there, Netflix, so we can discuss. And, and compared to Bloom, which we went and saw weeks before it was uh, it was on, and and are able to talk about now, I'm surprised Tidelands being an Australian drama is isn't something that we could talk about until the day of release. And didn't in, Tidelands have a big big uh, big launch, or is it about to have a big launch? Yes, they, they are. Yeah, they are having big launches, but yes, it's it's all embargoed till the day of release. We will review them both on the Who website, so watch out there for our reviews. But but Matt, does this type of thing? annoy you where you can't talk about shows? I think it's crazy in this day and age. I don't understand it. Perhaps they could explain it to us, but in this day and age, come on. Yeah. Well, it, it feels like they just want all the reviews to drop the day it's out. So, so okay. basically you, you watch the review, uh, sorry, you read the review and then you watch the show straight away, which, okay, fine, fair enough, that might work, but I kind of think, why don't you want to drum up weeks of anticipation? And, and I am busting to talk about Dumplin'. Busting, yeah. busting, busting. So keep an eye out for the Who website because I'm going to be Unleashing everything very soon. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> uh, and now, obviously, this time of year, there are a lot of Christmas specials coming up. There's, uh, well, it's not a Christmas special, it's called A Midwinter's Tale. The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina has a special standalone episode dropping on December 14. No activity, That's be awesome. no activity, the stand drama, oh, stand comedy, I should say, uh, have a standalone episode as well called The Night Before Christmas. That's also dropping on December 14. Shit's Creek, season four, has a Christmas. Your favourite, Gavin? My favourite so far, yes. It, uh, I'm, I'm halfway through season two and I'm trying to speed up to get to the end of season four because they have a Christmas special dropping on December 19. And then Call the Midwife, BBC First, will have a Christmas special. They haven't announced the date yet, uh, but it will air shortly after it airs in the UK. That's always a big one. Get your hankies ready. It's always a tearjerker. Another thing BBC First haven't announced an air date for is Luther Season (gasps) 5. Idris Elba is coming back. It's going to air at Christmas in the UK and here on BBC First shortly after. Matt, Matt, are you excited about any of those Christmas specials? No, not particularly. I want to know, though, I'm not a big Christmas special man. Is Satan making an appearance in Sabrina for Christmas? Well, the embargo for this is December 12, so we also can't talk about The Chilling Adventures of Sabrina. Um, oh, okay. Beyond saying that it's coming out on December 14. Uh, it's not the most godly show in the world, is it, Sabrina? No, it's quite no. funny, isn't it, that it's having a... Well, as I said, it's not a, it's not a Christmas episode, it's a midwinter's tale. Oh, okay. But, uh, <laughs> but So yeah. they might have a pagan orgy or something? Maybe. Yeah, That'd yeah. That'd be quite fun. Fingers yeah. crossed. But... The last show that I, that we need to talk about, and it's actually starting on my birthday on January the 7th, and so I don't know what that means, but it's coming to TLC. <laughs> it's Dr. Pimple Popper. Yay! <laughs> Which, I, I don't know, have you seen all those YouTube videos? Literally and, all of them, yeah. <laughs> when, they, when they pop up in my feed, I Literally. just a, a little bit of sick comes into my throat. I'm like, no, no. And it, and you can also see which one of your friends are really into them because it's like so-and-so has watched the pit. You're like, no, just stop. I, I don't want to be confronted by I that. I don't like it when they tip over the line into basically surgery. 
Some of them do. I think that uh, when it's pimple popping or cyst popping, I'm there. I'm there. Every <laughs> I can't step. look oh. away. But um, I did. I did check out a bit of the first episode of Doctor Pimple Popper, and there is a bit of surgery. But in in this first episode, there's a woman with an enormous growth on her shoulder. Right. And uh, Doctor Pimple Popper gets Doctor Pimple Popper gets <laughs> a tongue twister. Gets right in there and is getting all this gunk out of this enormous growth. And uh. Yeah, I, some of some of my lunch almost came back up. Yeah, yeah. Oh my god, my sister's a GP, and she says that some of the most satisfying things she does is uh, is like lancing people's boils and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Look, I know the public is obsessed with this sort of thing because I used to sort of preside over some stories being written around her videos, and they always used to go gangbusters. People would click <laughs> on them like mad. Or a sick bunch. Yeah, she started off as an internet sensation, and she got picked up by Hollywood. So. Um, it's interesting. What a yeah. claim to fame. I know, squeezing I know. People's, squeezing people's zits. So well, I, I'll definitely check out Dr. Pimple Popper. I think it will make fantastic summer viewing. Oh, yeah, for sure. And and, and it has no embargo. See, I don't understand. Don't Netflix want us to talk about like this, about their shows? Yeah, exactly. Like we do about uh, Dr. Pimple Popper? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you can, can we just stop saying Dr. Pimple Popper? I'm sorry, but like, no. <laughs> Try and say it five times quickly. Yeah. yeah. Oh, stop it. And that's it for another episode of Binge List. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you are subscribed on Apple Podcasts or listen on Spotify. And of course, you can hear us on all the major podcast apps, so check us out. Next week, we're back on with our final episode for 2018, where we'll talk about the best and the worst of the past six months, so do tune in. In the meantime, everyone, happy viewing. Bye. 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 Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.